The government could possibly shut down again Friday, but guess what, friends? The Y'all Show will be right here. We're not going anywhere, so just get used to it. Welcome into the Y'all Show. This is the show that talks all about Dixie. I'm your host, John Rawl. So good to have you back here on a Monday as we get our way going and we're working our way to Thursday for Valentine's Day. And yes, Friday is the 15th. The big government shutdown looms. Perhaps smarter and cooler heads will prevail prevail in Washington D.C. this week. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna help out from afar. The y'all show will take our happy show on the road this week, just like Willie Nelson once sang about. And we'll be on the road again. This time to Nashville, Tennessee. Again, we've been there before. We're going back. We'll be at the Country Radio Seminar, the 50th Country Radio Seminar. And that takes place Thursday and Fridays when we'll be on the air broadcasting. We'll have a lot of good stuff, interviews. We'll have some musical performances and more. It'll be a fun party. I promise that'll be later this week. So don't miss a beat here on the All Southern program. Coming up today on Y'all, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo. We've got some fun stuff to pass along and some informative stuff. Believe it or not, this debate over the South rages right now north of San Francisco. I'll tell you about a school district there considering changing its name when we get to hashtag Hullabaloo. Also, we get our Y'all Street business report filed today. And big news, Coca-Cola is introducing its first new flavor in 12 years. And I'll tell you all about it. I love me a soft drink. And we'll tell you about this excitement in Atlanta as Coca-Cola introduces a whole new flavor. And it will be both for the standard drinks and the Coke Zero flavors. So I'm excited about that. I've kind of shifted over to Coke Zero a lot here in 2019. And it's not quite the same, but it's certainly not as bad taste, in my opinion, as Diet Coke. I apologize, all you Diet Coke aficionados. And I certainly apologize to all you Tab drinkers out there. And you know who you are. It's been a while since I've seen Tab on a shelf somewhere. But I, I know there's people that still enjoy a good Tab from time to time. So we'll have info in our business report. We also will tell you about some excitement going on in Mississippi as some maneuvers there business-wise. So much, much more in our Y'all Street business report here this hour. When we go to hour two, we've got a sports rewind of the weekend. Sad news coming from Vanderbilt as their longtime athletic director. He died on Friday of last week, kind of unexpectedly. We'll pass along information on that. We've got the weekend and college basketball to discuss. And we'll talk about something I, I know. I don't know about you, but over three million of us did this. We tuned in the Alliance of American Football over the weekend. And for the most part, I was impressed. I thought it was pretty good football. And we'll break that down. We'll tell you about some wins for Steve Spurrier and more as the Orlando Apollos got a win. And we'll discuss the other results. All that in hour two in our Sports Rewind. And then Jerry Short will be stopping by. I know he's got something going on in today's political climate to discuss and get off his chest. But one thing, I got to talk to Jerry about this. He and I had an off-the-record conversation the other day. And he started telling me all this knowledge about mules and the fact that mules can't reproduce. And I had no idea. They At least... I don't think they can reproduce at all. So we're going to get take it back to the farm here for some good conversation about country life. And if you're a real country person, I guess you'll, you would know this. But sure enough, evidently a, a mule cannot have a baby. <laughs> I, I think I'm right on that. And I didn't grow up with mules. I'm sorry. I grew up on a farm. But by the time I came around, 
uh we had something called tractors we didn't have to depend on mules <laughs> sorry i guess i didn't have enough of an agrarian lifestyle for some of you but we'll talk to jerry about that and whatever else he's got up his sleeve in short stories our tale of, of takapola teller of tales stopping by in hour two hey our number here on the y'all show if you want to catch us we'd love to get your opinion your feedback it's 803-816-1170 and you can find us on Twitter at Y'all Show. That's at Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. That's the Instagram account as well. And, of course, our website is y'all.com. We'd love to have you connect and, and send us information, send us your baby pictures, whatever you want to promote. We, we'll do it right here on the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent. We begin our headlines today with news on the president. He will be traveling to Texas, although right on the edge of Texas, as the president is speaking tonight in El Paso. And a lot of people are fired up on both sides of the angle as he's taking his message right to the West Texas town of El Paso. I saw some people protesting the president's arrival already. I saw some people supporting his arrival. Of course, El Paso with more than 70,000 people who legally cross four city bridges daily to go into El Paso. It is, it is ground zero for the border crisis. And remember, there's been a border wall put there. And some people in El Paso are kind of fighting back at Trump's claim that the wall built through El Paso made the city safe. And he'll talk about all of that. So the president back in Texas, this time in very, very West Texas, and, of course, this is Beto O'Rourke's hometown. O'Rourke has led a counter-demonstration to the president's arrival tonight. And this will be something. We haven't seen a President Trump rally in quite some time. I think it was in Mississippi, the last one he had back in November. So he's been, we'll see if he's off his game of any at all. I'm sure he's not. When President Trump gets in front of a big crowd, it's always I'm on the edge of my seat because you just don't know what's going to come next. And I like the 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 campaign speech, the rally speech Trump a whole lot more than teleprompter Trump. So we'll find out what happens when President Trump goes to El Paso. We'll have some reaction coming on the Tuesday y'all show. Well, of course, the president's been in a hot, lot of hot water since taking office in 2017. But the recent election of Virginia in 2018, I think it was, and the swearing in of Ralph Northam as governor and his lieutenants there, the lieutenant governor and the attorney general, all three, of course, have been in the news for the wrong reasons, two of which have been involved in blackface controversies. And then Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor in the Commonwealth, he has had all kind of sexual assault and rape allegations thrown his way in the last couple of days. Well, some polling has just come out from the Commonwealth, and nearly 60% of Virginia's blacks want the governor to remain in office. Now, this is despite all kinds of people from presidential candidates, from from all, almost, I think all single, every single Democratic presidential candidate for 2020 has come out against Justin Fairfax, Ralph Northam, and the Attorney General, all seeking their dismissal to, for them to resign from office but this poll put out this week shows 60 percent of virginia's blacks favor keeping ralph northam in office and this follows that racist photo that was in his 1984 medical school yearbook becoming publicized and now we know at least according to this survey 
and it appears like an accurate survey that most of the blacks there in Virginia support the Democratic governor, Ralph Northam. Uh, he, at least I saw the interview he did on CBS Sunday morning with Gail King over the weekend, and his responses to King seemed a little canned. Of course, what, the first thing he started talking about was, you know, this marks the 400th anniversary of the first indentured servants landing in Jamestown, Virginia. And, and King chimed in, oh, you mean slaves. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. If they came from Africa, remember we had whites who were indentured servitude, indentured servants as well. And they were forced into bondage in some degree. I don't know. I didn't live 400 years ago. I don't know how exactly hard it was on them. But I'm sure it wasn't easy, and we certainly know that it was not an easy thing to be an African being forced to come to a new world and and be a slave. But yes, Gail King pushing the governor when she did the big interview with him. And and then he did another interview that I still haven't read yet, but he did an interview with the Washington Post of which he says he's going to hold on to office, Northam that is, and he's going to come fight hard against any of the Old South symbolism within the Commonwealth of Virginia, which I find that very disturbing. Here's a guy who's a native of the eastern shore of virginia a graduate of virginia military institute where stonewall jackson statues literally on the parade ground right there it's the only statue on the parade ground that i'm aware of in lexington virginia and here he is wants to throw confederate symbolism and history down the toilet because he stepped on a landmine caused by himself i don't i don't get that i bet you if we polled the blacks in virginia i bet you most blacks in virginia could care less about symbols and confederate statues I would be willing to take that bet. Uh, it may not be a unanimous, but I bet you a lot just don't don't really care about it. I mean, they've had to live with that stuff their whole life, and their lives continue on. They don't sit there and stare at them, and, and, and they know the history of Virginia. Virginia has, just like every southern state, a complex history. And if you're a Virginian who is a southerner, non-Virginian, but proud southerner, there's people like Robert E. Lee, a Virginian son, that I – take great pride in and i know virginians at least until recently until the whole social movement has started and the the politically correct movement started it was no big crime to say that hey robert ely wasn't such a bad guy stonewall jackson not such a bad guy and we see more and more i've got some more confederate craziness coming up from another state that i'll tell you about momentarily but i do find that interesting that in virginia the blacks at least in that poll, and I don't have the accreditation of where that poll came from, They at least to be supporting the governor. It could be they know that if the governor goes and the lieutenant governor goes and the attorney general are all forced out of office, the Republican leader of their house will be the new governor of the Commonwealth. But first time in a while, I think you have to go back before Mark Warner before you had, eh, that's not true. There was a Republican governor. Virginia, unlike any southern state that I'm aware of, they have a deal where you can only be a governor for four years, and then you have to give up your office. And this goes way, way, way back. So this is, I guess, you don't have to worry about term limiting in Virginia, but boy, right now, they've got a real crisis. Now, back to the Confederate craziness. Jefferson Davis, the great president, the best president in the history of the Confederacy. Well, that's because he was the only Confederate president. Well, when the Confederate capital, before moving to Richmond, it was in Montgomery, Alabama. And a church there, St. John's Episcopal Church, is where President Davis went and worshipped. 
prior to the capital moving. For a long time, this Episcopal church in Montgomery has had a pew there that was kind of referenced and had a, a marker there indicating that Jefferson Davis worshipped here at this church. And I don't know if the pew was authentic or not, but this this church, St. John's Episcopal Church, Montgomery, Alabama, has now posted a message on its website saying that this wooden pew is out of there. It's gone. No longer in this church. In fact, a pew further back was moved and put in its place. And according to legend, and I'm sure it was documented at the time, Jefferson Davis went to this church and worshiped prior to the capital of the CSA moving. If you go to Montgomery today, you'll find the first White House of the Confederacy right across the street from Alabama's state capital. And he lived in Montgomery for three months prior to moving on to Richmond. And if you know anything about the Civil War, if you know anything about Jefferson Davis's history, he actually was against secession early on. He was not for his native state, which was Mississippi, seceding. But his, I guess, things changed after the South Carolina debate and after they actually seceded. And this man who I think, Jefferson Davis, this is his opinion, but if you know anything about his history, I feel like he would have been a president of the United States had there not been a civil war. He was a guy who had been Secretary of War. He was a war with Mexico hero. He had everything going. West Point alumnus had everything going and was put a senator from Mississippi and was put in the Confederate presidency. I think he would have been an American president if the unfortunate war between the states had not happened. But now... This church in Alabama taking out the pew there in Montgomery. Along the lines of race, but, you know, the crazy thing about race, that we talk about the Civil War, but then 100 years later, you had the Civil Rights struggle. And I am a native of Lexington County, South Carolina. I got my radio start in Batesburg, South Carolina. I've told you that before, my longtime hero, the guy that got me in this business, he's, he just died last month. He was a World War II hero. And I asked him about this particular story I'm about to tell you about, and he was not aware of it. And part of the reason he may not have been aware of it, he was actually serving in war-torn Germany just after the war ended, just after in 1946. In 1946, a man named Isaac Woodard was traveling on a bus in his army uniform. He was a black man. And... He was on a bus that had left Augusta, Georgia. It was going, I guess, throughout South Carolina. I guess it was going down what was US 1, Highway 1. When it got to Batesburg, South Carolina, they got off the bus. And I'm going to read a new plaque that was unveiled over the weekend in Batesburg, South Carolina. Sergeant Isaac Woodard, a black soldier, was removed from a bus in Batesburg and arrested on February 12th, 1946, after a dispute with the bus driver woodard was beaten and blinded by a town police officer and the next day convicted in town court for quote drunk and disorderly the incident led harry truman to form a council on civil rights and issue executive order 9981 which desegregated the u.s armed forces in 1948 So this man, Isaac Woodard, who did survive this incident, but was blinded the rest of his life in Batesburg, South Carolina, a place 15 minutes from my home, a place I got my professional start. 
I had no idea about the story. In fact, I never knew about the story until I was in graduate school. And I read a book by Carl Rowan. You might remember that name. He was from Middle Tennessee. He was a black columnist in newspapers. And I read his biography that he wrote. I guess it would be an autobiography. And he referenced this story in his biography. And I had never heard the story. And I was from this county. And Isaac Woodard, he was blinded and lived, I think, a good life. I don't have his, I know he lived to be a, a very old man, but his his nephew is 81 years old. His name is Robert Young. He said his uncle rarely spoke about the incident and said their relationship grew closer as he worked alongside him in following years up until his passing. But yeah, this happened. And I would say this was a bigger deal. Isaac Woodard being blinded in Batesburg, South Carolina. Because it led to the desegregation of the armed forces, which was really the first thing to desegregate. I know baseball gets a lot of credit for Jackie Robinson. This was a bigger deal to me because this really turned the entire tide. In those days, even when baseball was desegregated, there was no baseball teams in the southeast. I guess you could say the Washington Senators might have been a southern team. But baseball's integration was not a big deal. But when you integrated the armed forces, that was a major deal. And it all got its spark because of the blinding of Isaac Woodard. And a plaque unveiled this weekend in Batesburg, Leesville, South Carolina, referencing the 1946 beating of this soldier who was returning home from World War II, by the way. That's what Harry Truman was so disturbed by. Here was a guy who had been in the war, returning home in 1946 in his uniform, And he was beaten and blinded for apparently no good reason. There you have it. Some Southern history here coming from Lexington County, South Carolina. Hundreds have been abused by Baptist leaders. That's at least an allegation. And hundreds of Southern Baptist leaders and workers have been accused of this and sexual misconduct over the 20 years, including dozens who returned to church duties, according to a joint investigation by two texas newspapers the san antonio express news and the houston chronicle they both reported sunday that their six-month investigation found about 380 southern baptist church leaders and workers who were accused of sexual misconduct since 1998 leaving more than 700 victims some were as young as three years old while others were adults when they were abused the newspapers reported I don't exactly know where this research happened, if it was all in Texas or not, but here we go again, more abuse by perhaps the Southern Baptist Church. I don't have a response from the Southern Baptist Church to the reports from the San Antonio Express News and the Houston Chronicle, but according to their their report, hundreds of church leaders and workers accused of sexual misconduct over the last two decades. More on this developing story for sure. Now, how would you like to be on this list? The 50 worst cities to live in. And this comes from 247wallst.com. They've got the list of the worst cities to live in. The number one city is not in the South. That's good. It's Mendota, California. Number two, though, is a Southern city. Florida City, Florida. Population of 12,149. It's got a 41.2% poverty rate. 
and a large crime rate. In fact, Florida City is the most dangerous city in the Sunshine State. There were 2,276 violent crimes reported for every 100,000 residents in 2017, nearly six times higher than the national violent crime rate. Not good if you're there in that area of Florida, Florida City. Now, as far as other states, there's some sprinkling of other towns in the south in this listing. I know that there were five Alabama cities listed in this list of worst cities, not best, the 50 worst cities to live in. Anniston was one of those. Not good. They've lost a lot of business in Anniston. That's part of the reason. Low incomes, high violent crime rate. Not good there. And Bastrop, Louisiana is also on this list with 1,511 violent crimes reported for every 100,000 residents in Bastrop. Bastrop, I think, is north of Monroe. Bessemer, Alabama is number six on this list. That is not good news. I believe that is the hometown of Charles Barkley. Charles, you need to come back and take care of Bessemer while you're at it. To give you some idea of some of the other towns on this list, this is why I find it a little hard to believe if you're one of these bad cities to live in. Number eight on the list is Wanehe, Hawaii. Now, how in the world could a town in Hawaii be one of the worst cities to live in? I find that research from 24-7 Wall ST a little misleading, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, not good news for some of the towns in the South. Unfortunate news, we've got two senseless murders to report on from the South over the weekend. Five juveniles have been arrested for the murder of a West Nashville, Tennessee man. This 24-year-old musician was shot outside his home and was able to make it back inside where one of his housemates found him, but he did die. Kyle Yorlett's his name, and I've seen some of the music video footage that he's been able to produce, but he was killed during an attempted robbery outside of his West Nashville home, and the five arrested were all juveniles. Some, I think, were like 11 and 12 years old. The suspects were three girls, ages 15, 14, and 12, and two boys, ages 16 and 13. A gun was recovered covered as was a stolen car in a Walmart parking lot, according to Metro Police. But a senseless shooting there, and this man killed 24-year-old musician Kyle Yorlitz. In Gainesville, Georgia, a very successful businessman was shot at a CVS parking lot. And I've been to the CVS parking lot in Gainesville many times, having lived just north of Gainesville for about a year and a half. Also, I lived in Hall County, Georgia. And DeMarvin Bennett was taken into custody early yesterday. He was from East Point, Georgia, and he's being charged with the death of Jack Huff, a very successful businessman and leader in the Gainesville, Georgia area. Huff, a 73-year-old, very successful, I think, millionaire, he was sitting inside his parked car while his wife went into the CVS off Park Hill Drive in Gainesville, and with the car window rolled down, DeMarvin Bennett allegedly approached and tried to rob Huff. And then Huff arrested, Huff resisted arrest, uh, resisted the attack, and then Huff allegedly shot him while he was sitting in his vehicle, striking him twice in the torso, and he died just down the hill at Northeast Georgia Medical Center. And this man had had a business where he kind of was in charge of food courts and malls and in airports across the nation. A very successful businessman murdered in Gainesville, Georgia, 
for zero reason at all. We'll keep him and also the young man from Nashville in our thoughts and prayers. In Naples, Florida, a very kind of local celeb there named Warner Wolf was arrested for damaging a sign that he called racist. Now, Wolf is 81 years old, and he has announced football and the Olympics for ABC in the past, mostly back in the 70s. He also worked in sports in Washington, D.C. and New York. But he is now facing a felony charge after police in Naples say he damaged a sign outside his own Florida community because it included the word plantation, which he considers racist. And the sign for the community, it's called Classics Plantation Estates. And he has damaged the sign, and now he surrendered to police on a felony criminal mischief charge and was released. There's surveillance video showing him removing the letters they say he gave the letters to a security guard telling him to pass them to the property manager damage estimated at eleven hundred dollars you would think if warner wolf was so offended by the name classics plantation estates now why would mr wolf own a home there that that just doesn't make sense if you're that offended go find another place and i do believe there's more than one place to live in the great state of florida now i'm going to tell you in hour two about some of this brand new football league the alliance of american football i'm actually going to become a slight fan of it i I like the idea of spring football i think it's a good idea but the birmingham iron that's a new team in this league and they're trying to follow the nfl example evidently because just before kickoff of their very first game in the history of birmingham iron they had a player arrested and a shelby county alabama prostitution sting you Lawrence uh, Okoye, a 27-year-old, and 27 others were snared in this operation by the Shelby County Drug Enforcement Task Force, the team's third phase of the ongoing probe since September. And this man is a British track and field star. He holds the British record in the discus event. And he also played rugby in the past, but now he's trying his hand at American football. He was listed as a defensive tackle for Birmingham Iron, but going to jail as part of a tr- prostitution sting, he's trying to follow some other bad boys of football that played in that other league called the NFL, evidently. Speaking of Birmingham and football, the Birmingham City Council is trying to woo the Oakland Raiders to come to the Magic City. If you know anything about what's going on with the Raiders, they're not officially set up with a home for this 2019 football season they're moving to las vegas next year got a wonderful stadium that they'll unveil and play in but for 2019 they are searching for a home and legion field according to one birmingham city council member would be the perfect temporary home for the raiders and birmingham city councilor william parker said bringing the raiders to the magic city this year would be a great marriage waiting to happen Although the Raiders haven't expressed whether they're open to the idea or not. Mark Davis, the owner of the franchise. Of course, the Alliance playing there this weekend. Perhaps the Raiders, who actually have the same color scheme, black and a little silver, could be playing in Birmingham this fall. I think that would be a good thing. Instead of the Raiders going playing in some town in California that could care less, I know they like football in Alabama. Well, maybe not as much if they'd won an 18th national championship for the Tide. They might like it a little bit more. But uh, go Iron if you're in Alabama. Go Birmingham Iron and the rest of the 
Alliance teams. We'll tell you more about that coming up. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo. And before we leave you this hour, we've got some good business news to pass your way. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little time. more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. We are back. You hear the music, friends. It's hashtag hullabaloo time here on the all-Southern program that we call Y'all with John Rawl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here on hashtag hullabaloo, if you've never tuned in before, it's where we dive into social media and find the goodies out there. And some of it's really entertaining and some of it is informative. And that's what we're here. We're ambassadors on the Y'all Show to give you a little bit of both. We start off our hashtag hullabaloo today with a tweet from David Marsh, and he is putting out kind of a public service announcement here on the show today. As we know, we're just a few days away from February 14th, and David Marsh put a tweet out and said, hashtag Valentine's Day is on its way, and then he included a pic. And the pic has a gallon of milk with the date stamped on it, Feb 14th also known as valentine's day so that's how david marsh knows valentine's day is on its way just days away because it's on his milk jug well he actually included this picture of the february 14th and i love this it's kind of pathetic at the same time but it says when your milk has a valentine's day date and you don't (laughs) 
Oh, man, that one hitting too close for home for me, but maybe not for you. Hey, how about a good glass of milk on Valentine's Day? I think that would be maybe a perfect combination for a lot of you. You don't need champagne. Give your loved one a nice glass of delicious milk. Ooh, that would be good. And it would go right along with the next thing I'm going to tell you about. This tweet comes from Sweet Maria's Bakery at Sweet Maria's Cake on Twitter. And Sweet Maria's puts a tweet out. It says, chocolate, peanut butter, and strawberry kiss cookies. Hashtag Valentine's Day is on the way. And they've got an image of these peanut butter and strawberry kiss cookies. And by kiss, I mean Hershey's Kisses. They've got the little kiss right in the smack dab in the middle of this delicious looking peanut butter and strawberry cookie. And what a combination. What a combination. Ooh, I love it. I can't wait. I need to call up Sweet Maria's right now, but perhaps you've had this combination before of the chocolate peanut butter and strawberry. I mean, those are a couple items that are all great on their own. Chocolate's great on its own. Peanut butter's awesome. Strawberry's great. And kisses. And this is an amalgam of all four in this delicious offering from Sweet Maria's Bakery. Hint, hint, loved ones. Put that one in your Valentine's stocking. Carol California is on Twitter, and her Twitter account is at Subline by Design, S-U-B-L-I-M-E by Design. And she says she's a random freelance, interested contributor of inspired thoughts and messages. I'm all, I'm a writer forever myself with a twist. Okay, well, this is what Carol in California put out there that I wanted to talk about. It kind of goes back to our Confederate craziness. So she puts a tweet out, says, so a Marin County school district by the name of Dixie, and sure enough, there's a Dixie school district in this county just north of San Francisco. It's now being targeted for its name because, you know, Dixie is a racist name. Now, this actually made the news and there is a petition to change the name. We are now attempting to alter the past by erasing it. Wake up. I don't know exactly which side Carol, California she's on it appears she might be in favor of keeping the name dixie school district just north of san francisco this is actually in san rafael california if you know anything about the san francisco bay this is kind of on the north side of the bay the northwest side it actually is i guess connects the golden gate bridge to san francisco i'm no expert on the golden gate bridge or or even san francisco to be honest never been there but i hear it's a lovely place and San Rafael, a very, I think it's a very high income, very affluent part of California, from what I understand. I did some research. Here we go. Here's some info on the Dixie School District, not in Alabama or Mississippi or South Kagalaki or Tennessee, even. This is in California, which is not exactly a Confederate state. In fact, if you know anything about history, it was, it was California pretty much going around i don't know how they did it because they had the compromise that had been in the works prior to the 1840s when california became a state it was really not even an option for california to be kind of a half slave half free state it was put on the books as a free state from the very beginning and it was because of that you had even more anger between the north and the south and this after the mason dixon line had been created and i guess some thought there would be an imaginary line 
Well, if you had that imaginary line stretching across the country, California would not be a completely free state. A lot of anger. Go and look it up. I don't claim to be an expert on California's pre-Civil War history, but I know there were people who were murdered. There was an assassination within the California government back in the 1840s and 50s. I may be wrong. It may not have been an assassination. There was a duel. I know there was a duel in in California, which was certainly a long way from the cotton states at that time. But this school district, here's the history on the Dixie School District, Rafael, San Rafael, California. It was founded in 1864, right smack dab in the middle of the war between the states. The student population of the Dixie School District in California is just shy of 2,000, of which 2.8% are black. Marin County was shown in a recent study by racecounts.org to have by far the largest disparity and inequity in the state of California when looked at by race. And much of that inequity and disparity can be seen in the Dixie District demographics when measured against the other 57 counties in the state. Okay, that information coming to us from i think it comes from the school district's website is where i pulled that from so again even in california a place that certainly was no fan of the south they have a school district today 2019 called the dixie school district and they're fighting right now to change it i saw where at least 10 people have proposed new names for the school district i don't want them to change i don't know why the school district got named dixie i can't imagine that even in 1864 you would have had a very pro-confederate movement in california that after the war even ended that the name dixie stuck around because so many people were sympathetic to their cause i don't know what's going on there in cali but there's still the school district there all right let's end this with one good fun hashtag hubaloo gif today and I saw this over the weekend, and I had to teach my eight-year-old this term that he's never heard. And frankly, and sadly, maybe for a lot of you, your youngsters probably have no idea what this word means when I say it. Tackle boxes. The idea of a tackle box is a little remote in today's world. But the gif someone put out on socialist media that I saw has a young kid. It could be your son, your daughter. And they're carrying a fishing pole and a tackle box. And the heading on this GIF says, the world needs more tackle boxes. And the bottom of the GIF says, and less X boxes. Amen to that. The world needs more tackle boxes and less X boxes. So many kids are addicted to video games. They've never even been fishing. And I'm not a good example. I've got an eight-year-old. I have never taken him fishing. He has been fishing but it wasn't because of me. And so I, I guess I could step up my game. But I'm not a big fisherman myself. But it's something every kid should do at least once or twice somewhere in their life. I don't care if they grow up in the middle of a city. you got to experience that bait on the on the hook and putting that thing in the water and that thrill of, of reeling in the huge bass or brim or crappie. <laughs> Depending on where you are, it might be a crappie. But anyway, that is a great gif that I saw on Twitter uh, this week that I wanted to share with you. Hope you enjoyed our hashtag Hullabaloo and a little history lesson there too. When we come back, we're going to tell you a little bit of business news here on this Monday that you want to get into your ledger, including Coca-Cola making a big announcement. I'm excited to tell you about this. We'll hear, have it right after the break on the Y'all Show. 
I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 6262. That's promo code 6262 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Uh, hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Get ready, set, go Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show We're getting it after here on this Monday edition, first day of the week. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with John Raw. Good to have you back here. 803-816-1170, the magic number to text us anytime you want to with news, information, comments, suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Well, we start off our Y'all Street business report this week with some information for all you farmers out there that might have livestock. Cows might get their own app, and it's a tender-style app for breeding. So if you have uh, a young herd of, of, of cow and you uh, searching for the right bull, well, maybe Moo Love will come your way. And this is a Tinder app called Tudder, T-U-D-D-E-R. It's been developed overseas in Great Britain. And you can go on there and find your cow's soulmate on this app. Now, isn't that crazy? But it makes a lot of sense. They've raised a lot of money. And I guess breeding the right kind of cow, I bet you they'll do the same thing for horses, too, if it's not already out there. A Tinder app for breeding cows. Tudder. If you want to look for something to invest in, that might be a good one. <laughs> Governor John Bell Edwards of Louisiana is launching a initiative in the state, and it will seek to link business leaders with state government officials. And this happens a week from Thursday on February 21st, and it's aimed at a promotional event 
for the Democratic governor who's running for a second term this fall. The governor's office says the summit will highlight Louisiana economic development success stories and work on ways to address challenges in the state. This will be an all-day event in Baton Rouge, the Louisiana Statewide Business Summit. So if you have a connection to the Pelican State and you want to highlight your business, this state business summit taking place on February 21st. Now to the capital city of Atlanta, Georgia, and Coca-Cola's based there. And Coke, for the first time in over 10 years, is rolling out a brand new soft drink called Orange Vanilla Coke. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It will hit stores on February 25th. The new flavor will be available in both the original flavor and the Zero Sugar lines, Coke Zero Orange Vanilla. And Coke has experimented with all kinds of flavoring and excited about this. Now, if you like Wendy's, Wendy's for about two weeks and their little machines they have there that are all Coca-Cola branded where you have all these hundred plus options, they have kind of an exclusive in the restaurant biz on this new flavor before March Madness. And then when March Madness ends, they will be rolled out probably to all kinds of other places like Coca-Cola, like McDonald's. But Orange Vanilla Coke coming out. First flavor since 2007 for the Coca-Cola company. And I like I like the idea of that. Uh, if you know anything about Coke's history, they had vanilla flavored Coke for a while. Then they phased it out. And then they brought it back. A couple of years later, that's what the last thing introduced was the re-entry of vanilla Coke to the market. And now bringing this flavor out, orange vanilla. Also in Georgia, if you live in the rural parts of the state, there's going to be an effort to speed up your internet as rural Georgians hope to finally see improved speeds. Statewide, at least 626,000 Georgians are without access to broadband service according to the FCC, and the number is probably closer to 1.6 million Georgians who lack access to adequate broadband, according to the State Department of Community Affairs, which is mapping out areas of the state. But this affects not only the personals, the people personally, but also the businesses in Georgia that are looking to make you know take advantage of high-speed internet. And a lot of this is in South Georgia, where there's slow internet speeds and Georgia looking to get on the information superhighway in a big way if, if they can speed up services. Hey, if you want to go to Georgia and help them out, they would love to have you, have you down there. All right, in Clinton, Mississippi, they are building a Continental Tire Training Center right now. Continental Tires is building a plant there. And just the other day, U.S. Secretary of Labor Alexander Acosta stopped by alongside the governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, to inspect this plant. And it's going to have... About 250 workers ready to start there by next year. And this is a multi-billion dollar plant. It's it's a $1.4 billion tire making complex in Clinton, Mississippi for Continental Tires. And the recent visit there by the Secretary of Labor checking out how things are going to work in central Mississippi. Here's a great story that I saw coming in business-wise from North Carolina. If you've gone to the Black Pelican Oceanfront restaurant near Kitty Hawk lately, you've seen a purple seahorse on the wall, and it's one of 12 restaurants that boasts the symbol. They're part of the Healthy Carolinians of the Outer Banks Dementia Task Force, and this is an effort among businesses, government agencies, restaurants, and more to train employees to become dementia-friendly, and this purple seahorse is an indicator to those suffering from dementia that the people working there 
know how to deal with dementia from people who suffer from dementia and their caregivers and all that. So isn't that a, a kind of neat thing? And that comes from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And finally, a fun story business-wise. Hooters is going to give away free boneless wings to singles on Valentine's Day. So if you're lonely and you need a little boost, head on to your local Hooters for the Shred Your X promotion on Thursday. The restaurant chain will give away 10 free boneless wings when you buy any 10 to anyone who shreds a photo of their ex. You can shred them and forget them and get some free wings in the process. Pretty cool promotion from the folks at Hooters. More than just eh, what some people know them for. They really do have great food at Hooters, to their credit. Good Florida-based company. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we'll have Hour 2. We've got sports to talk about and the teller of tales from Takapola. Jerry Short will be dropping by. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. It's the second hour of today's Y'all Show as we begin a whole new week of talking about the Southeast. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm John Rawl. We are so glad to have you aboard. Our number, 803-816-1170 on the World Wide Web, y'all.com. In this hour of the Y'all Show, the teller of tales from Takapola Way, Jerry Short will be dropping by. Always fun to catch up with him. And you just never know what kind of story from yesteryear. And most of them are actually true. I've been able to verify that just about everything Jerry Short says on this show is pretty darn true. So we'll have him talk about yesterday and today when we have him on in just a few minutes. We start out this hour talking a little sports rewind from the weekend and some sad news coming from Nashville as the longtime athletic director at Vanderbilt, David Williams, died at the end of last week at the age of 71 He had served Vanderbilt as the vice chancellor and athletic director. He was the SEC's first black athletic director, and he had announced his retirement in September of 2018 and had just left Vanderbilt as athletic director at the end of January. And what a sad thing. He died kind of unexpectedly. The chancellor, Nicholas Zeppo, said, David Williams stood tall on this campus, in this city and in college athletics nationally, as an incomparable, as an incomparable leader, role model, and dear friend to me and to so many others. We are devastated by this loss. His impact on our community is immeasurable and will be felt for generations to come. We office, we offer our deepest condolences to his wife, Gail, his children, 
and the entire Williams family on this immense loss. And James Franklin, the head coach of Penn State, who coached at Vanderbilt, put out a very heartfelt condolence to David Williams, who gave him a shot as head coach. In fact, Derek Mason, the current coach of the Commodores, put a tweet out, said, I love you, DW. My family and I will miss you. You believed in me. Your wisdom and guidance forged a bond that will never be forgotten. The Williams family loved on my family, as well as our football family. There will never be another hashtag gold father. I like that. Gold father. Rest in peace, my friend. And that in reference to the passing of David Williams. Remember Vanderbilt about 12 years ago, I think it was. They were doing some things that had never been done before. And frankly, I don't think it was a good idea. Evidently so, because they they eliminated the athletic director position at Vandy. Do you remember that? If you follow college sports, they they were trying to be groundbreaking and said, we're going to treat athletics as just another part of the university. going to stick it in the intramural program, for example. It'd be the same. I don't think that went over that well. And at one point, David Williams, who had been on the faculty in Nashville, shifted over. He had some kind of role there within the Vanderbilt system. And they put him kind of in addition to his other duties as the athletic liaison. And ultimately, he became the athletic director. Now, to his credit, we saw some wonderful years when James Franklin was coaching in Nashville. The best football years Vanderbilt's had since before World War II, frankly. And uh, what what a great run that was. So much so that he got hired at Penn State. You saw... Vanderbilt basketball, eh, it could have been better. It should have been better. In fact, it's horrible right now. But that, And that's the sport that Vanderbilt should never be bad in, is basketball. They should at least be average. The sport, though, to Vanderbilt's credit, Tim Corbin and the Vanderbilt baseball program, the Vandy boys, they won a national championship about five years ago. And that was under the tutelage of David Williams and his running the university so this man had a national championship in his time leading vandy that's quite a statement and one of the three i call them the three biggies of college sports football basketball and college baseball i know women's basketball has gotten a lot more credibility lately maybe not as much as when pat summit was doing great things on rocky top that really got a lot of attention but but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say okay, women's college basketball and college baseball, they might be equals, okay? But from a male perspective, from a male sports perspective, it's football, basketball, and college baseball, especially here in the South. If you're in the SEC footprint, for sure, because so many schools really get into baseball. Even Vanderbilt gets into baseball. Vanderbilt has been a great program, no doubt, and David Williams will be missed as he has recently retired, but dying suddenly over the weekend. Clemson, news coming from the ACC. Two of their assistants will now be paid over a million dollars, and they become the second, as Clemson celebrates its second national championship in three seasons. They're giving big raises to Tony Elliott and Jeff Scotts. The board of trustees approved on Friday $150,000 raises for both Elliott and Scott, and they'll make right at $1 million a year. And the university is expected to wait till later this year to increase head coach Dabo Sweeney's annual compensation of $6 million. The defensive coordinator for Clemson, Brent Venables, 
is the second highest paid assistant in FBS football. This past season, he made $2.2 million, and he didn't go anywhere. His defense helped Clemson win a national championship. He's still coaching as an assistant coach in Death Valley. That shows you what Dabo Sweeney has been able to do to keep those coaches. And part of the reason he keeps them is he pays them a lot of money. And Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott are being rewarded handsomely in their roles as co-offensive coordinators. Now, I'm a guy that remembers Jeff Scott as a little kid. Jeff Scott, when he was about seven years old, he would run out on the field and grab footballs for the South Carolina Gamecocks because his daddy, Brad Scott, was the Gamecocks football coach as head football coach from roughly 1993 to 1998, Brad Scott. Then Brad Scott went on to Clemson and was an assistant there. Then Jeff Scott played there and coach has coached in Clemson all these times. So Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott are probably both around 32 years old. And here they are, million-dollar men, as assistant coaches in college football. No shortage of money when it comes to big-time college football programs. What about college basketball? We've got some scores coming in from the weekend. Top 25 for college basketball from the south and more. The Houston Cougars got a win over Cincinnati. That was a top 25 matchup. And Houston ranked number 12 in the country. They won 65-58. to on Sunday. From Saturday, the Tennessee Vols got a big win over Florida, 73-61. Duke went up to Charlottesville, and they had LeBron James in the audience, and LeBron watched the Zion show, and the Blue Devils won convincingly by 10 points, 81-71 in a top three matchup, two versus three. The Blue Devils get the win. Kentucky went on the road and eked out a win over Mississippi State on Saturday, 71-67. to The North Carolina Tar Heels survived in overtime against the Miami Hurricanes and Chapel Hill. They won 88-85. to Clemson, they upset Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech ranked 11th in the country, and the Tigers won 59-51. to KU defeated Oklahoma State, 84-72. Florida State they were able to defeat Louisville, both teams in the top 25, and they won this in overtime 80-75 to over the number 16th-ranked Louisville Cardinals. TCU upset Iowa State on the road 92-83. to Number 18, Texas Tech took care of Oklahoma 66-54. Auburn fell to LSU 83-78 to on Saturday. And that's a look at some of your top 25 action that includes our Southern teams here on the Y'all Show the NASCAR fellows, well, they're getting ready for the big Daytona 500. That is this weekend. And we now who's going to be leading the poll for the Daytona 500. And it will be the youngest front row that we've ever seen as William Byron. He will put Hendricks Motorsports in a familiar position on the pole for the Daytona 500. And he is a 21-year-old. And his 25-year-old teammate, Alex Bowman, is also on the front row for the great American race. So a lot of young talent and NASCAR as we get ready for the Daytona 500 and the the official kick to the official kick, official dropping of the flag, I guess is a better term for NASCAR for 2019. And we'll, we'll, we'll dab into a little NASCAR talk from time to time, but it's hard to follow NASCAR when they have guys like this, people you've never heard of, rookies, youngsters, 21-year-old, on the pole and competing for the the best race the great american race there is in nascar still like the old fellas personally but i know i'm 
I'm a, I know I'm an old timer myself and nobody cares about the old days, right? <laughs> hey, how about this? Want to talk about the new days? We had a brand new football league kickoff on Saturday and it was the Alliance of American football. I was excited about this. I actually watched three and a half quarters of the Memphis. No, I watched the orlando apollos and the atlanta legends that was the game i watched on cbs saturday night depending on where you lived in the south they cbs broke the coverage up a large part of the south watched atlanta and orlando another section of the country watched san antonio and san diego the san antonio commanders and the san diego fleet and they faced off against each other on saturday We have some scores. The Apollos, they won in big form over the Atlanta Legends. And the Apollos coached by Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach. He's back in business. And it was was actually a lot of fun as Orlando won 40-6 over the Legends. And the other game played in San Antonio. The Commanders hung on for a win over San Diego 15-6. And as far as those two games, the ones I was – the coverage I was able to watch – Apollos were down, but they came roaring back and really shut out. I feel sorry for the Atlanta Legends. Brad Childress was supposed to be their head coach. He was their head coach. And a month ago, he quit. He quit as head coach of this brand new team. So they've got a guy who's never been a coach before leading this program. And if you're a Legends fan, it's going to be tough here this inaugural year. If you've got a, a program in disarray like it appears they are. Meanwhile, Spurrier... He was at it, having a good time, and they had him mic'd up. and And to the league's credit, they only they, they they not only let the viewers of the alliance listen to the coaches. You can hear some players mic'd up, and the coolest thing of all is they had the replay booth mic'd up. You could hear it was actually a female in the replay booth in the Atlanta Orlando game, and it was amazing to listen to her debate with herself about a play that was questionable. And that was a really, really cool addition. I love that. As far as the rest of it went, I thought the attendance in San Antonio was great. It wasn't a sellout, but it was pretty darn good. Orlando was not that great, but it rained almost all of the game between the Apollos and the Legends. So I'll give Orlando fans a little bit uh, a little bit of credit on that one. But that one was a, a fun game for both, really both of them. And I love, by the way, San Antonio, you're stealing a page out of the New England Patriots book. They have the same kind of deal that the Patriots have with the guys dressed up in Revolutionary War garb that fire off rifles when they score a touchdown. Well, the commanders in San Antonio, kind of channeling the whole Alamo theme, they've got guys dressed up in 1830s garb that they wore in the Alamo, and they fire off rifles whenever there's a score for the commanders. So that, I thought that was pretty darn cool. Pretty darn cool. Sunday's action included the Birmingham Iron defeating the Memphis Express 26 to zip. And that was the latest on that. There was also a late game with the Stallions and Hot Shots. We'll get into that later, but they're not uh, necessarily Southern, so the heck with them. But yeah, that the inaugural weekend of the Alliance of American Football, I enjoyed that. Speaking of the AAF, Michael Vick is switching roles. He was supposed to be in the coaching staff of the Atlanta Legends. I told you they got problems. And now he's going to be taking over a non-coaching role in the league, and he's going to be helping out with personnel. Now, Jeff Fisher, the former Tennessee Titans head coach and also the coach of the St. Louis and Los Angeles Rams, he's also working in the league's head of football strategy position. And 
Vic will be assisting him, the former Virginia Tech and Atlanta Falcons quarterback, helping out in that role. And finally, happy start of Major League Baseball today. The Oakland Athletics welcome in to spring training their pitchers and catchers, as they report today. They're the only team that have those guys reporting today. Now, some other Southern teams to tell you about as far as the report dates for their pitchers and catchers. The Astros report on Valentine's Day. You got the Kansas City Royals reporting on Wednesday. As far as the National League goes, the Braves report on Saturday, February 16th. And the full team reports on February 21st for the Bravos. The Cards report on Wednesday. The Cubbies, I know they're not a South. they got a lot of fans here. They also are a Wednesday report date in Mesa, Arizona. Also, you have the, uh, let's see, your Washington Nationals are a Wednesday report date, too. And all teams will be up and practicing uh, from a full team perspective before February 21st. The first spring league first spring training game that i've seen on the schedule is thursday after this thursday so it'd be february 21st is the first spring training game if you want to tune in for that on whatever network that appears but baseball time now for all you baseball fans out there when we come back on the y'all show jerry short will be joining us and we'll have our tales from taka polo way play ball Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Herpes and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Herpes and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Wow. 
It's our favorite time of the year. It's the Y'all Show when we get to talk to Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. Welcome back to the All Southern Show with your host, John Rawl. I got you built up pretty strong and big here, Jerry. Hopefully you can handle it. Goodness gracious, that sounds tough. <laughs> We're getting a lot of reaction from you, Jerry, so I would just say keep up, keep on keeping on is my best advice. Is that T-U-F-F? Yeah, T-U-F-F. <laughs> We're going to talk to Jerry today. I've got a little sneak peek of what he's going to talk about in the next segment. He's going to talk about jackasses and mules. So you want to make sure you stick around for that. But Jerry, let's start out talking today on the Y'all Show with you about jackasses of another type. And I don't mean Ooh. that necessarily in a derogatory way. That is their party's mascot. Uh, absolutely. It fits, <laughs> too. I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole new thing going on in Washington with the Green New Deal. Oh, mercy. Just, uh, this other socialist party from the, uh, the old deal that we had, uh, under FDR. What, what do you think that was looking back socialism? Yeah, I think as a first, uh, sign of socialism. And you know, they bring in, uh, social security in there. And then, I mean, it even uh, has the same to, name, Social Security. Yeah, absolutely. And he had to work. So uh, my daddy was, uh, he worked at, they called them CC boys. And they had camps. And they would work. And they would build roads. And they'd build these are gymnasiums and things at uh, old country schools. And, I mean, they did stuff for their board and keep. But that was the only thing on socialism that that uh, uh, New Deal uh gave us i believe was the cc boys they planted pine trees they stopped erosion probably brought in some kudzu that we don't need and uh planted it but i fell through a many a kudzu trap and you can just keep falling until you get to the bottom of the gully so you don't so get hurt anyway. you didn't get hurt uh no what scares you so much you hope it's not a den of coyotes up in there or of a rattlesnake den that you fall in or you can be walking across kudzu and the bottom falls out and back in those days after they planted that kudzu it was a japanese vine and like it was going to stop erosion and trees did stop erosion but uh kudzu didn't it just kept washing underneath it and you wouldn't see it and it's liable to be doggone 20 foot deep when you fell through it if i was going across a kudzu field yeah. looking at timber or something on the other side and if you didn't start watching for uh, holes you'd allowed to fall through and just keep falling down underneath in that old washed out soil and never knowing what's down there have you ever you had a, an encounter with I, coyote, I coyotes or snakes i had a bobcat run by me one time <laughs> and uh, of course i've had a lot of i had a lot of uh had a lot of snake encounters down there copperheads like kudzu oh. and uh Rattlesnake den usually around some rock or something that usually doesn't fit. But uh, as far as the uh, copperhead, and then you don't have to worry about cotton mouths either because it's got to be some water. And it's usually, you know, kudzu is in some dry place where uh, from crop rotations not happening. Back in the older cotton days, uh, the ground just washed away and it's trying to stop erosion. And, uh, you know, they did a good job with the trees, but. Uh, as far as with the kudzu, no, no. And then some landowners, 
you know, the, the part of North Mississippi was, it didn't grow very, very many pine trees naturally. It's shoreleaf pine. But uh, a lot of farmers, when they got on the plan and signed up on the plan, they wouldn't let them put a pine tree on their land. I've had guys tell me, old men tell me, I'd have shot somebody if he'd brought a pine tree across my land. And then I'd look at his land and I'd say, well, this kudzu part here is worth zero. Or if you had pine on it, it'd be worth a thousand. So, you know, an acre. So it was, uh, it was a choice that they made because they didn't like pines for some reason. Yeah. So hey, anyway. Jerry, I thought of you on the y'all show the day we were talking on the show about magnolia trees and I discussed how, as a child, one of my favorite toys was the thing that fell off a magnolia tree that looked like a grenade. And oh, I didn't, I didn't know what that, I didn't know grenade. what that actually was, but I, I actually researched after the show. Do you, I'm going to test your arborism here. Do you know what that actually is off of magnolia tree? What that is? It's reproduction. Yeah, but what is it? If you had to get, give it a name, what would you call that thing? Oh, I call it cherry. I call it. A- I call it a hand grenade. Okay. Also. Well, it's technically the fruit of a magnolia tree. Oh, that's true. It is. I didn't even think about it that bit. What you were looking for. Yeah, I mean, but that's what uh, it's just like any yeah, tree that the blossoms. Little red, the little red berries in it. And mm-hmm. They open up and after they bloom. And and we would take that end that uh, falls off, you know, the end that sticks out from the, what looks like the, cherry, uh, the hand grenade. Yeah. The kids. And we would break that off and and throw it at somebody. Oh, yeah. and I did the same thing. It. You did the same thing. Yeah. And we were, we were uh, seven, eight hundred miles apart. Yeah. Doing, and and about seven or eight decades apart. But <laughs> Yeah. It's, oh, man, maybe ten decades. <laughs> <laughs> we were a long way. It's a but great. They were a lot of fun. And, they were a lot of fun. We just talked about in the previous segment of the show that, uh, you know, kids these days, they don't need Xboxes. They need tackle boxes. And that's kind of a yeah, throwback absolutely. there. Kids need to play with a a magnolia fruit also known as a grenade and i know it, and they don't do that anymore no you know? they sure don't because we got too many people out there like what we see in congress right now and speaking of green getting away from the green of kudzu let's talk about this green new deal jerry with you and if you were able to hear what they said the other day in front of the halls of congress and how that really is that just nonsense coming from dc well you know that's a pipe dream, uh, to pull a phrase from the past. And it's, uh, it's no way possible that that can, uh, ever materialize into a reality. Because if you look at it, for start with, there's no way to ever pay for it. And, uh, there's no way to ever do it on that time frame. You know, they may try to pull it. They may, some of the things they may try to do. And, but if you're going to look for a different type of energy, for airplanes and cars and homes and things like that, we don't have them here now. And they've been working on solar panels for years. I think I saw one time where and I've seen a lot of solar panels out west, but solar panels, uh, it takes about, uh, 40 of solar, 40 acres of solar panels to supply 1000 homes. And we're not talking about businesses. So go ahead and throw 500 acres, uh, uh, 4,000 acres or so in there for 10,000 homes. Well, how are you going to pay for that much land space and go ahead and implement it 
and put all the uh, conduit and the piping and the wiring and set all that up and run you another pipeline of some type into a city into an electrical storage unit that they don't have yet. They can't keep enough storage for it. They can sell it back to some of these power companies, but it don't work. And we've got the same thing with windmills. You know, windmills, uh, the government gives some of these companies that are making windmills, they give them a pretty good kickback on all their taxes and they give them some money down. I saw one company making uh, those windmills over in Shreveport when I was buying oil mineral leases over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kept noticing, you know, they would, you know, the stack unit part of it, they would put them out in a field and stack them, and then they would haul them out of Freeport on trains. Well, they had to take them all the way to the train with a special equipment, and then when they got it and put them on the on the flatbed cars on the railroad, the doggone things were twice as long as a regular car, so they had to have special cars built for the railroad, and then they had to haul them out west somewhere from Freeport. Well, I was there. I was there a year and a half, two years buying mineral leases in the Haynesville Shell and Shreveport. And while I was there, that place went out of business. So, and I, I guess the first windmills I ever saw was from Indian uh, Indian Hills, fed off of an Indian reservation up at Palm Springs, California. As you go down I ten, go down into San Bernardino, and going into L.A. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. And I understand that they don't. Uh, they probably they probably don't give enough electricity off to take care of a, a quarter of of Palm Springs. And Palm Springs wasn't that big of a town then. I don't know what it is today. But uh, and you've you've I think me and you've talked about those windmills before. Uh, you know, they're all out in Oklahoma now. I did some army. Uh, things at Fort Seal, Oklahoma, at Lawton, Oklahoma. And it was zero windmills there when I was there in the 70s. And you go there now, and the whole area around Fort Seal, Oklahoma, is covered with windmills. And they're all over Oklahoma, they're all over Kansas, they're everywhere. But they're being subsidized by the government, or they couldn't make it. So there's an, there's an example there. And then you got an example with the solar you know, it's all good for small, you know, like solar panels on your home would probably be okay because you can sell some of the produced electricity if you're in an area that you have enough sunlight. But you've got to have enough sunlight uh, to uh, make the make the current. It sounds and, to me like I, I've seen before some of these wilderness shows and way up in the uh, Alaskan, what are they, whatever they call that, the plat or whatever the term is. They do yeah. have like cabins with solar power there, and that's a wonderful thing because they would never have electricity there without those solar panels. So unless you're in Alaska, there's a lot of places yeah. in the country this is just not applicable. Well, I've got a couple of solar panels on gates on my farm, mm-hmm. and uh, they do okay there. And uh, but if we have if we go through a month of clouds like we're in now, they about they won't hardly open the gate. They don't have enough power. And so, you know, they melt down also. Uh, so you have to have pretty good, uh, you have to have money behind it and you have to have a layout. And like I was saying, you know, for solar panels, if you're buying that land, can you imagine what, close to a city, uh, three, four thousand dollars an acre? You got to have 400 acres for, uh, a town of 10,000. 
uh, you buy 400 acres of land and add that cost to it. I mean, that's just astronomical. And uh, I just don't think it uh, is feasible at this time. Now, I'm not saying it won't be someday, but you look at the cars, all the stuff that will have to be done to cars. And this airplane situation is absolutely ludicrous. Plus, what other part of the world is going to be doing this but us over here? You know, no one. No one's going to fall for something that dumb. I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, maybe maybe there is, you, you know, you may be, uh, believe in, uh, as it started out under Al Gore, global warming, and then it progressed because it wasn't uh, – it wasn't warming up at the time, so it progressed to climate change. Yeah, in fact, but now we got a new guy. I don't know if, if you saw President Trump from over the weekend. He he put a tw- tweet out, kind of along the same line of what you're talking about, Jerry. He said, "Quote: I think it is very important for the Democrats to press forward with their Green New Deal. It would be great. <laughs> it would be great for the so-called carbon footprint to permanently eliminate all planes, cars." cows oil gas and the military even if no other country would do the same brilliant it just about eliminates everything i've ever done yeah and uh, so it puts me out of business before i start if i had to live my life over and speaking of that kind of thing and in politics jerry i don't know if you saw on sunday amy klobuchar the senator from minnesota announced her candidacy for president in 2020 and she did it in the middle of a blizzard to her on the Mississippi River, Is right? that where she was? She was on the Mississippi River saying this divided country. She crossed over the bridge there at right. uh, Minneapolis. Oh, okay. And she, she crossed over and said, uh, it's like the, uh, putting this com- country back together, unity, and like the Mississippi River is divided here. So I fairly got a footpath I can walk across. <laughs> Let's let them try it down here at uh, Vicksburg or, or Natchez or Memphis or New Orleans. Uh, yeah. Well, President Trump responded on Sunday to Amy Klobuchar's entry into the race. He said, well, it happened again. Amy Klobuchar (laughs) announced that she's running for president, talking proudly of fighting global warming while standing in a virtual blizzard of snow, ice, (laughs) and freezing temperatures. Bad timing. By the end of her speech, she looked like a snowman. And then in parentheses, woman. (laughs) Yeah, woman. Person. Person. You know, you you can't use it there's a lot of pronouns you can't use also yeah so, but uh, your the jerry short takapola advice on the whole green new deal is mm, maybe not so fast huh is that uh, what maybe gonna... 50 years you know and we can't do away with karma uh carbon we can't karma karma we can't do away with carbon because uh do you know how many jobs that would put us out of in this country if they even thought about that if I, they you know I, I don't think the congresswoman from New York could care less about jobs down in, oh, at least in this part of the world. You know, even in her in her deal on the new the new green deal, she's got in there that even someone who does not want to work will be compensated. Now, give me a break here. You know, she wants jobs for everyone, and it's automatic. The government's going to take care of that. But if you do not want to work, you will be paid some. Some part, some small token of their appreciation for being a naturally human being. She likes to use human being word. I notice, but uh, you know those kind of things, and and, uh, and she's all they've all got planted. 
the, you know, the sad part about that, John, is that's been signed off on by some senators and other Congress people. You know, not not real large numbers, but enough numbers to make you wonder how much longer it'll take to get more numbers. So I'm a little bit concerned about that part. And, uh, you know, but it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's things out there like uh, hydroelectric. Uh, I know Niagara Falls probably, but how many Niagara Falls do we have? They probably they probably take care of Buffalo and the city of Niagara Falls itself and some other parts of that uh, northwest part of New York State. But uh, they can't, you know, they've got two or three of those hydraulic uh, plants there uh, as you go into Lake Erie and down through it. But however, uh, there's not many other things left that can do that. Colorado River, that's so far from us. I guess you could come up with something and you could stick in the Mississippi River. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're so far, I've got so many other things that are so more important that we've, uh, got to take care of. This is not a crisis. They're trying to shift all of Trump's success, I feel like, over to something else. And right now, that may be the something else. Well, President Trump, on the State of the Union address on Tuesday of last week, he did talk about how the U.S. was now leading the world. And I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said in terms of oil production and energy production. Well, I've heard some people, you know, say that that wasn't true. Uh, and But, you know, if you get into fracking and then you get into that kind of stuff, Nobody really knows what's going on in these different shells around the United States. Right and we've got big shells out from Denver. We've got them all over Texas. We've got them. We've got oil under the ground here where I'm, I've leased my farm, uh, in North Mississippi. Hmm. At one time, Mississippi was seventh leading oil production state in the nation. No way. So, that's a lie. That's fake news. That's the truth. I <laughs> promise you. It's when I was in high school, but it, we were, it was no, I remember it being number seven. And uh, that uh, I hadn't looked that up in, in 40, 50 years, but uh, 60 maybe. <laughs> anyway, it's 60 sounds more right. Ooh, yeah. good cop. Well, Jerry, we yeah. got to go to a break. We're going to talk to you when we come back. But I do have one question as we go into break. Jerry, speaking of human beings, are you a human being? Um, well, I've been called other stuff. Okay. I've been called worse. Well, <laughs> that way. We'll let our listeners decide that we will have our last segment with jerry short human being and all when we come back on the final segment of today's y'all talk with a southern accent i want to keep my heart healthy so i get my cholesterol checked regularly and when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline i found garlic According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 6262. That's promo code 6262 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. 
segment on this Monday edition. It's the Teller of Tales from Takapola with our short stories from Jerry Short. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And Jerry, well, we've just been talking about the Green New Deal, but a lot of people, maybe they haven't uh, spent a lot of time on the farm lately. And and I I grew up on a farm, but we didn't have animals. So maybe I didn't really grow up on a farm in some people's eyes. Vegetables and animals are two different definite styles of farming but you did grow up around animals and i wanted to talk I grew up yes yeah so yeah. i think you wanted to tell us some analysis of animals that would be very appropriate here on a monday y'all so fire well, it, just happened, it just kind of happened today uh my wife and i were riding by a pasture and i looked out there and i saw uh about six jackasses also known as donkeys right yeah donkeys are jack and uh I saw and something you hardly ever see together in a group like that. And, and I, I happened to tell her about, I said, do you realize that uh, a mule cannot reproduce another mule? Because she thought I was talking out the side of my mouth or something. And I said, no, they're sterile. But you had and, heard that from when you were a child. Right? Well, we grew up doing it on the farm. And when I was on the farm, my daddy always kept a couple of mares around. And uh, what's a, what's a mare? A mare is a female horse. Okay. And uh, so, and he always kept uh, jackass uh, too, and he kept them in separate uh, separate uh, compartments of the cross fence farm. So, uh, but I was a young kid when he first started. And he'd always bring me down to help hold somebody when they, when we were breeding them, and. You would breed. You would breed. You had to breed the jackass to the uh, horse, and that's the female horse and the male jack. And I never did. And that makes a mule. And I never did understand really, because he probably didn't know either. He just knew that's the way it was done, you know. So we uh, uh, found out later that it was. It's got something to do with the uh, chromosomes and the in each animal and uh the mule i mean not the mule excuse me the mule ends up with uh 63 chromosomes and the horse has 62 and the jackass has 64 and therefore the mule ends up with 63 one less for some reason in between however if you don't have even numbers of chromosomes you're sterile. Now, I didn't know that. I'm not a scientist or a, or a veterinarian or anything. But you are but, a jackass. But I am definitely got some of that, <laughs> I think. I think my DNA is probably going to have a little of that in it. And I probably got a lot more of that in me than uh, Pocahontas as a uh, Cherokee Indian in her. So uh, Elizabeth Warren. And uh, so anyway... Uh, that we would keep those things separated, and gestation period was eleven months. I'm pretty sure, and then uh, the uh, then would have us would have us a mule, and he'd usually breed two. He'd breed two uh, mares at the same time, so we'd end up with two mules, 
and then there'd be a mule team. Now, this was when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old. We didn't have a tractor because we didn't live on the farm then. My daddy had other businesses, but we had the farm and we had cattle and had horses and pigs and everything else on my granddaddy's place, which my daddy owned. And so I was over there constantly belling hay and doing everything that I had to do and uh, that he told me to do. So anyway, we we did that and went through that, and, and that's where I found out that, that mules could not reproduce. And I think there's two or three cases in history. One did it in Colorado, and, but it was a freakish-looking mule, but she had the mule, and uh, it didn't live that long, but it did live. But that is just because of the uh, – the, the matchup of the chromosomes, it just doesn't work. And so what, uh, what, what, what I lesson today, I guess, is that people that aren't on the farm and don't know how to take a chicken and put its head under its wing and make it think it's night and then wring its neck and watch it run out through the yard about, about 50 yards before it drops over and you, you're eating it for lunch. They don't, they're not familiar with that uh, deal about the mule. And I just, I just found that really interesting because we dealt with that a lot. And, and I basically didn't, I didn't know why. I just knew that that was the way it was, that nature did uh, provide that. And, uh, but they're, they're actually sterile and they can't reproduce with each other. And, uh, so they, they can't have any kind of offspring where, uh, and then, of course, if it goes the other way around, if it's if it's not if it's not the mare, if it's the male horse, and uh, and the female jack, they have a genie, and uh, it's a little bit smaller, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it's not like a mule. A mule is actually smarter than a horse. You can and they're tamer, really, and and they work better. And you can train them because we used to hook a couple of them to a double tree and. Uh, and I had one called Bert and one called Blue. And you could ride old Bert, but you couldn't ride Blue. <laughs> and you better, by gosh, make sure you was on the right one. Because uh, uh, Blue was heading to the barn. And you better jump off or you were going to be wrapped up against the ball on the rafter as he went in the door. So, but, uh, no, I enjoy Muse. And, and uh, I don't know if that's a topic that, everybody is interested in but I oh why not now, why not talk about mules by the way you said you saw a mule on sunday driving around the highways and byways of dixie what purpose yeah. does someone in 2019 have for having a mule you know a lot of people just uh, uh still use those in logging because it's getting and you got a few environmentalists around and they don't want skitters and equipment uh big heavy equipment on their property rutting it up uh-huh. And so I know a few people that use mules to pull logs with. How about that? And skid them out. So that's done in a few uh, in a few places. I've seen a lot of stuff done in the woods, but and and in, around in town and places like that, they come in real handy. And they also they're still good to plow a garden with if you don't have a tractor. So if you get way out in the country. You know, a lot of people have music they use to plow the gardens, and, and I'm, I still see wood wagons like we had back when I was a boy occasionally. And if you go up around Amish country, you'll see a lot of, a lot of them. Yeah. 
and they're working them just like we did in the 50s and the 40s. So would you say mules fit Alexandria Cortez's view of the Green New Deal? Should everybody get a mule now? If she gets her, uh, if she gets her bill pushed through, if you better get a mule because you're going to need something like that. I guarantee you, it's going to take a mule to survive, and they they will work, and their life expectancy is longer than a horse's, and and uh, like I said, their temperament's a little bit better, and so get you a mule, and uh, get you a wagon also. Yep. Might not need, you might not even be able to get a rubber tire wagon. That's right. Hey, we got to get ahead of the curve here, Jerry. The rest of the South, we need to start having mules being bred, and we'll make jackasses like Alexandria Cortez envious well, you know they, of us down they, here. They have mule day, mule days up in Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah. And I've, uh, I hadn't been. And every year I say I'm going to go. And then when I start checking into it, I've missed it by a week. Well, but I'm going to go this year. You need to go to Murray County sooner than later and check out Mule Day. And they're not the only southern place that has Mule Day. I believe there's a place in Georgia also that has a mule That's celebration. And we can't forget yeah. about our sports team, the Southern Arkansas Mule Riders. I that's think. right, from Magnolia, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And that's the home of one Tommy Tuberville that coasted Auburn. Yeah. And I believe he's got his start. Well, he's been in Miami. He's been all over. Cincinnati, University of Mississippi. Land sharks, but I believe they were something else then. Yeah. Go and, uh, mule riders. That's right. The mule riders of Magnolia, Arkansas. <laughs> that's just below Hope, Arkansas, the birthplace of one of our famous presidents. Uh, so. Yeah, that and also <laughs> the hometown of Mr. Well, Mike Huckabee's from there, too. Mike Huckabee, also. You're right. Yep. They're both from Hope, Arkansas, of all places. And it's, I was offered a job in Hope, Arkansas one time. I should have took it because. Bill Clinton was. I think he was up at High Springs then. Uh-huh. But anyway, it was. Uh, it's an interesting town, interesting place. It's almost over to Texarkana. It's a long ways over there. Yep. But, uh, Jerry, good, we got we got to go ride our mule. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again next week. We'll see if we can't get some going. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. You hang in there for a week. The Teller Tales from Takapola. Well, that will conclude our y'all show today. Thank y'all for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow with an all-new show. And as a programming note, we'll be in Nashville at the end of this week, Thursday and Friday, broadcasting from the Country Radio Seminar from the Omni Hotel in downtown Music City. You don't want to miss that. We'll have a lot of great guests stop by and some musical performances and more. All that later this week of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a southern accent. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.